0: Hey there. Welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shaleen Johnson. I'm your host. And on this show, we talk about how to build your tribes, specifically how to build your online presence, how to build a business that creates passive income and gives you the opportunity to do what you love to do, to live the life that you picture in your mind as being like perfect, not perfect by the standards of anyone other than you. So that's what we talk about. But lately, we've been talking about online security, and I hope you agree with me. It's really incredibly important for those of us who are doing just that, building an online presence, working on our social media, building a business online. Like, hello, it can all disappear in an instant. And in recent episodes, my focus has been on helping you, educating you, and urging you to take control of your online security. Yes, this has been prompted by a nightmare, just a nightmare of an experience that myself and my husband have been going through because of some really stupid mistakes that I learned today over 70% of Americans make. So today in this episode, we're going to talk business, but I want you to know that tomorrow we're going back to security. And the reason why I'm doing that is because I want to give you a day I want you to get caught up. I want you to do the things that you heard in yesterday's episode. That episode was entitled Cyber Simplicity. However, if you want to go all the way back to the beginning and you haven't heard any of my episodes, please listen to them in the order that they were posted because I go through a sequence, a series of steps, and that order is very important because if you do it out of order, well, you kind of have to go back to the beginning and start over because you weren't secure to begin with. So to listen to those in order, the first episode was entitled, Passwords Won't Protect You. The second episode was entitled, how not to get hacked, and the first things to fix. The third episode was Cyber Simplicity, and tomorrow we're going to go even deeper. The day that I'm recording this, one of the top four security management systems, one of those programs that actually holds all of our passwords securely, was actually hacked by social engineers. I've talked to the experts, and tomorrow I'm going to share with you who's really at risk, whether we should actually be using those software programs and services to store our passwords, and if you are, what you need to do in order to protect yourself. Do not miss tomorrow's episode. This is our reality, and it should be ever-present. But that doesn't mean that we don't move forward, and that's why today I wanted to bring you a little bit of inspiration. Today, I speak with Tom Bilyeu. He's the Quest Nutrition co-founder and president, and he didn't exactly start out in the health food business, but he is a serial entrepreneur. This California-based business that was started in someone's kitchen in 2010 has grown unbelievably, and the story is fascinating. And it really revolves around people. You're going to hear how they were able to build this company just in four short years to be known as the second fastest growing company in the United States as awarded by Inc. magazine. This is a fascinating story. So many great takeaways about what's truly important in business. Ladies and gentlemen, Quest Nutrition co-founder and president, Tom Billieux. Gosh, I have so many bajillions of questions. Can I rapid fire a few things real yeah, quick? Okay. Fire away. So number one, am I correct in understanding you can't patent food?
1: Can't patent recipes.
0: You can't patent recipes because there's nothing like Quest on the market. Okay, number two. Do you believe a certain element of the success at Quest is because you've created a culture there where people love to be a part of this? They feel like they belong, not just the employees, but like these legions of fans.
1: Definitively, it's the secret to our success.
0: Okay, and this one's really fascinating to me. It seems to me that your products some of the real serious traction and popularity of them has come from seeing customers and consumers using them in a way that's really unexpected. Was that planned? Was it intentional? And how is and now you can expand on this one if you want. How has that evolved? It's just fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it was planned, but not nearly as amazingly as it's been executed. So it started like this. Uh, my wife, Lisa, was like, I wonder what the bar tastes like if you put it in the microwave. Because when <laughs> they get cold, they can get a little bit stiff. Sure. So she was like, Put it in the microwave. She's like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So we started telling the fans, Hey, microwave them. They're cool. As soon as we told them to microwave them, they're like, Well, what if I put them in the oven? What if I put them in the blender? What if I. And they just took it out to the craziest level and we do what we call mirror marketing. So we don't want to talk about quest. We don't want to talk about the company. We want to talk about you, dear user, right? You're who matters. You're who we're trying to deliver value to. So we reflect them back. So you see them submitting all this cool stuff And then we see it as our job to bring back to them the best of the best and and share in that culture that they've created, which is just breathtaking.
0: Okay, that is a fascinating concept that I've never heard before because most companies say, okay, consumers, here's what we want you to promote and mirror. Here's the campaign we've developed for you. And you've taken that concept and said, we're going to mirror what our consumers, what the end user is showing us they're doing. And, and so where where did you get that concept? I've never heard it before.
1: So for us, there's no smoke and mirrors in metabolism. So mm-hmm. our promise to you is we're going to make food that's real, right? If our mission really is to end the global slide towards ill health. So all the metabolic disease, we're going to end that. And that's a huge task. I'm well aware that we're baby step number one along that trajectory. But so we're already taking care of that. So I'm not going to chase trends uh, I'm not following the consumer in that sense. I'm not asking them, hey, what do you think is good? We're going to exist on the cutting edge of science. We're going to deliver you food that is metabolically real. It's metabolically advantageous. Now, once you accept that, now it's like what they want to celebrate within the framework of uh, what the products are, we're open. You know, we, we want to exist in the community with them. Mm. So for, I think, step one of real change, and again, the goal for me of this company is to bring value. So it's about transformation. It's about people improving the quality of their life and feeling like you gave them a tool in which to do that. But one of the tools that we give them is that community. So it needs to be supportive. So like you said, you call the community and make sure that there are people um, removed that aren't adding value in that way. And, And where you do the same thing, you know, there are definitely community guidelines, ways that we expect people to act. Um, but just in, in the beginning and seeing how they were reacting and knowing what it's like to be a human. I mean, so there was, you know, I, I read voraciously. So Lord knows if somebody ever said this once before me and I'm stealing the term mirror marketing and it was you know, residing <laughs> somewhere in the back of my brain, full credit to them. I, I, you know, I don't, I definitely don't need credit for it, but, um, just knowing what it's like to be a human and knowing that it's really awesome when people are like, Hey, you did this cool thing, everybody look at what they did. People love that.
0: They do, and they feel a part of it. It's huge. You know, my my fascination started first with just the bar. It tasted so great. But then my fascination turned to the culture of your company and what you stand for and the mission and all these, like, really interesting things that it... To me, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as someone who is curious about these things, I am so excited to have you on the show to ask how much of this stuff is planned, how much of this is intentional, and who's the man behind this? So, Tom, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be a part of the Quest family?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, Quest is really a company born of misery, Uh, (laughs) and and I mean that sincerely, and you've talked on your show before about failure and the importance of recognizing it. And that's something that really resonates with myself and my partners uh, when we founded the company. So back in 2010, we had another company, a technology company it was very successful. Uh, in 2010, it was named as the 42nd fastest growing company in North America by Deloitte and Touche. We were winning awards. We were making money. We were sending in this beautiful conference room overlooking the Pacific Ocean. And we turned <laughs> to each other and we're like, we're completely miserable. <laughs> like, what have we done wrong? And it was It's hilarious now. At the time, it was a dark point in my life. Truly, truly a dark point in my life. But now looking back and seeing that we were living the cliche of money can't buy you happiness. There's two types of happiness. Type one is momentary happiness, a bowl of ice cream, right? A bowl of ice cream is awesome. And anybody that tells you that a bowl of ice cream is not awesome, they are not wired like I'm wired. Uh, It's just amazing. And in fact, one of the episodes that I recently listened to on your podcast Mm -hmm where Dr. Pamela. Pamela Peak, Yep. Yes. uh, Was talking about, you know, the, it's like a drug. It's exactly like a drug addiction and dopamine release and the anticipatory, you know, for all of that. We have that for food. There's no question about it. Um, And getting into a scenario where you give your life over to those momentary happinesses is is ultimately leaves you feeling very empty, just as Mm -hmm. food addiction does. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to, find out if there was a way that we could build a different kind of business. And I had just read two books that really impacted me and really shaped my way of thinking. They were The 4-Hour Workweek and Start With Why by Simon Sinek and um, Mm -hmm. Tim Ferriss, obviously being the author of The 4-Hour Workweek. And what made those two books so profoundly interesting, for me, it wasn't about working less because I enjoy what I do now. At the time, what, what made me pick it up was I hated what I was doing, and I thought the answer was going to be to just reduce my involvement in that. Mm. But there was a concept in the book that actually completely changed my sense of what um, that, the real value that book had, and it was find a thousand true fans and bring value to their life. And that became my mantra, find a thousand true fans and bring value to their life. And my partners totally agreed and, and really thought, okay, can you build a business by bringing value. And so we put our hands in in a circle. I wish we'd done it literally. Unfortunately, it was metaphorical. But we put our hands in a pile and we said, guys... I'm going to make you each a promise right now. Moving forward, you're going to love what you do every day. You're going to believe in what you do every day. And if the company fails, so be it. At mm-hmm. least we can stand by it and say, you know, we really tried to make a difference. So for me, nutrition and fitness was me escaping the fate that I saw my whole family succumbing to. And, you know, it's you you can't be prejudiced towards a group when you love people in that group. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, People that I love, people that I love dearly uh, struggle with their weight. So for me, it became a solution-oriented issue. I've got to solve this problem. So knowing that I was... Going to start a business where I loved what I did every day, that I believed in what I was doing, and that goes back to Simon's the next book, Start With Why. I knew why I was showing up. I knew why I was working hard when it got difficult, when we were knocked to our knees. I knew why I had to stand back up. I was going to save my mom and my sister, and that was it. And I just kept thinking about them all the time, all the time. In today's world, um, in the new connected economy, Seth Godin coined that. I love that. We live in a connection economy. In a connection economy, you can be rewarded for taking care of people. You can be rewarded for going over the top for somebody because they talk and they get a chance to voice how you made them feel. I want a business where people are going to have reason to say something about me. And it's up to me to make sure that something is positive Mm. because now as social media is rising up, People have a global audience within minutes of an interaction with your company and they're going to speak if you give them reason. Now, you can give them a bad reason and they'll tear your company apart and you have a really hard time growing. Or you can give them an awesome reason. You can surprise them. You can delight them. You can really live up to what you say when you say you're going to bring value. I'll give you an example. This is a true stories, literally just happened. Hmm. Um, we had a, a guy who, he's what, Best Buy calls a demon customer. And he's abusing our refund policy. Our refund policy. <laughs> a
0: demon customer?
1: Yeah, that's Best okay. Buy. I can't take credit for that one. But um, it's, you know, it's people that you put this amazing refund policy out there. And then some people, the vast majority, use it legitimately. They oh, yeah. really had a problem. And then other people, they're doing it to get free stuff. So, yeah. for instance, our policy goes something like this. You call up and say that you got bars you weren't happy for any reason you didn't like the color of the wrapper, you thought the delivery guy looked at you funny, Uh, your dog ate the bar. That's true. We actually did a refund on that (laughs) Um, one. We'll refund you because my goal is to evangelize you as a customer, right? So if I'm going to hold true to bringing value, I've got to look at it from your situation. You had a bad experience, I'm going to make that experience go away in whatever way that I can. Sometimes it's just acknowledging the problem. Like, yeah, if that happened to me, I'd be angry too. So fully understand that. Sometimes it's just going over the top. So this guy was clearly abusing the system. I won't go into how it was obvious, but when I say it's obvious, it's pretty obvious. And I said, let's reframe it. This is the guy that we have to wow, surprise and delight to make sure that all the other customers that have a legitimate complaint really get our enthusiasm. If we can perform with this guy, We can perform at that level with everybody. So we all got excited about it and thought, okay, he's going to be hard to win over, but we're going to win this guy over. We're going to make him enjoy his interactions with this company so much that he wouldn't want to abuse it going forward.
0: And were you able to do that?
1: Ask me again in 60 days. Uh, (laughs) I uh, don't know yet. We'll see.
0: I I appreciate that. We have a different policy at our company and, and we do have very lax uh review or I'm sorry, return policy. So it's a hundred percent guarantee. If you're not satisfied you get your money back. And and we like you have customers who, you know, will hang on to something through the twenty-ninth day and twenty-third hour um and use every piece of the educational product because I create online academies that teach business processes and and, uh, systems to get your life organized and managed, et cetera. And, and they're, they're online training courses. So we can see exactly how far they've gone through them and then they return them. And we allow them to do this. But at a certain point, we realize, They're taking too much energy in this car. And so I always say the customers I want with me, I want to take a long car ride with you. And if you're taking up one of those seats and I could have someone who like lifts, not just me, but my other employees and the staff and the other customers who lifts us all up, then we should kick you out of the car so we have that seat available for somebody else. So that's what we say. It was like in our office, we joke about we're like, yeah, let's kick them out of the car. And that's how we feel about it. We want to make room for that energy and love that we have for people who get us.
1: Yeah, I think that's very smart. In a situation like that, keeping the, the culture of the community strong and positive is critical.
0: We, In fact, we'll sometimes encourage customers to break up with us. We're like, you know what? I, it's not you. It's me and I think there's probably a better fit out there for you. It's not me. You know, if you're looking for X Y and Z, I just want to be perfectly clear, I'm not that. Right. So life's too short and and find find the company that can give that to you. But I really appreciate that level of commitment that Quest has to their customers. It's admirable. It really is. And I often say that to be a successful, like, you know, everyone starts off as a one-man band, right? Like in, in the beginning, you're the creator, you're the person who's designing the website and you're the person who's developing the marketing materials and you're the salesperson, you're the person who processes the returns. For a business to really like go to that next level, I believe you need a visionary or that creative person. You need someone who's a strategist. You need someone who can kind of like manage and make sure things get done. And then you need that person who's analyzing the numbers, making sure we're profitable. And then one of those four people is what I call the um, the people person. But it can be any one of those four. So I know you're the people person. <laughs> I know that. I don't even have to ask. Am I what, right?
1: What gave me away?
0: <laughs> but which of those other four are you? Are you the visionary, the strategist, the manager, or the person who's analyzing profitability?
1: We have such a fascinating dynamic. I read you know, the very famous quote, it's lonely at the top, and I thought, wow, that's absolutely not true for me because I've got these two guys that I can rely on for anything and everything. So the way that we break down um, at a sort of really 30,000-foot view is products, which is Ron, process, which is Mike, and then people, which is me. So I handle... Um, Sales, I handle marketing, all of the art department, all that stuff, company culture, so making sure that as we scale that um, the why of this company, the mission of this company to um, end metabolic disease, which is a massive mission, and, and we're so in our infancy in terms of actually tackling that. Um, making sure that that's spread. So I provide the vision there in the way that, you know, how are we going to be acting as a company? What do we care about? What are we holding on to? I'm the one putting words to all of that. Um, but Ron, what the vision that he brings to the food is is next level. And mm. the only way for me to explain Ron is that he is the Steve Jobs of nutrition. <laughs> like, it, it is so crazy to hear him talk about food and to see how well he understands human metabolism—it's—it's honestly—it's nuts. I want to sell tickets. I want people to be able to come. Wow! wow. And like just pick this guy's brain—he's—he's he's amazing. And then Mike, his ability to um, conceptualize a system and then execute on it is astonishing. And one of the the most enjoyable things for me because I love these guys. I mean, they're truly family to me, and to be able to watch them shine watching Mike and what he's done, because he's the guy that's usually in the shadows, right? He's doing the financial stuff. He's the one who make sure the warehouse stays together. There's not a lot of public glory to that. Um, but when people ask us, how did you scale? Because we went from five years ago, we literally didn't exist. Um, and then three years into our company, we're featured in Inc. Magazine is the second fastest growing company in North America. We're Um, our growth rate in the first three years alone was 57,000%. And we've continued triple digit growth year over year. I mean, it's literally like what? And here's where it gets crazy. We're bootstrapped. So we didn't take institutional money. We did it all ourselves. And Mike is the reason that we've been able to keep up with it, both from knowing what to do with the dollars because a business that's growing this fast. That's like the hardest thing to deal with. People think, oh my God, growth's amazing. And it is, trust me, it's a great problem to have. But keeping up with that level of growth from a cash flow perspective, from a capital expenditure perspective, is brutal. And he's the magician that kept it all together. It's how, truly- quick,
0: how quickly did you three come together on this project?
1: It's, it's a, an awesome tale. So, Mike and Ron were college roommates. And they decided, hey, we're going to get rich. So they started, uh, they dropped out of pre med and started a paint company and killed it. And in like six months or whatever, they'd made almost $100,000. And then they turned that into three restaurants, uh, which they started while still going to school. And then they learned just an awesome lesson, which is how to make a small fortune in the restaurant business. Mm-hmm. The only catch is it requires that you start with a large fortune because it's going to get dwindled down to nothing. Mm. So that was the very painful lesson they learned. They crash and burn. They go through bankruptcy. You know, they're in their early twenties and they're having to declare bankruptcy and just totally, um, you know, get their heinies handed to them and, and are like, "What do we do now?" and and have. Then they spend the next basically 10 years trying to rebuild themselves and figure out through one failure after another um, how this business thing works. So by the time I meet them, they're seasoned entrepreneurs. They really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm teaching at the time uh, that I meet them. And I'm like Neo in the Matrix. And I have this feeling that my life could be more. I have this feeling that my life could be better. Um, But I just don't know how to get out of the position that I'm in. And to give you a little background on myself, I got a 990 on my SATs, which I took twice. So that's my combined score. (laughs) My own mother, who has always been my biggest cheerleader, always, you have to pursue your dreams, like you can do it, it's going to be amazing, Um, finally confessed once I started achieving success that she just always assumed I was going to fail and that Mm. I needed at least one cheerleader, somebody that, you know, could believe in, and push. Uh, But I didn't show any particular signs of life. I didn't show any spark that I was going to go on to, you know, to run companies or to have something as successful as what quest is turning into. And it really was Mike and Ron. They heard me. I gave, I was giving a lecture on how to use media to influence buying behavior And I was talking about psychology, because for me, that felt like the area I needed to understand if I was ever going to escape the matrix. And so they came and saw that, thought, wow, this guy's got an interesting perspective. We need a copywriter. Let's hire him as a copywriter and see what happens. So 12 and a half years ago, they hired me as a copywriter. And they said, don't think of yourself as a copywriter. Understand that we just need people that are going to make problems go away. Mm -hmm. So identify the problems that this company faces, make them go away. Do not worry about your title, just grow and develop as an individual. And so I took them seriously and worked my way up in, in that initial company um, all the way from being the copywriter to the chief marketing officer and a partner in the company. And, And then by the time we sold that, it was an equal partnership and, And the three of us have have been working together ever since.
0: Wow, really fascinating. And, and, you know, again, I'm just looking at this matrix of, you know, what it is you need to take a company to the next level and why it's so important that all of us as leaders recognize that we have shortcomings. And that's why it's so important to surround yourself with people you really, really trust, A, and you really, really like. And then as long as they've got those strengths in those other areas, I mean, it all overlaps, right? I mean, because... To some extent, you have to be a visionary and so does Mike. And to some extent, I'm sure they are people pleasers and and want to see the vision of the company expand. But when everyone recognizes that we've brought this person onto the team and this is their strength and that we honor their strengths, you can just take a company so much faster, so much further as a team. So I want to ask you about the culture and the people because we both agree that it's it's not just an incredible product. It's not the process but it really starts with the people. So what is it that's different about Quest? What have you set out to really you know, trickle down from your employees to this culture, this tribe of people who love your products?
1: All right, this one really is calculated. So in the beginning, I interviewed every person that came to work at this company, whether you were working on the production line, whether you were the janitor or the EVP of global sales, I interviewed you. I've spent mm. in the last... In the last five years, I've interviewed over a 1,000 people, just to give Mm. you an idea, which doesn't sound like a lot until you run the math. Dude, that's a lot. lot. Now, patterns start to emerge as you see that many people and then get to roll the dice right, and say, yeah, I think this person is going to do well. Let's hire them and see how they do and then watch. Oh, I was right about that guy. I was wrong about that girl, whatever the case may be. Uh, and just sort of learn and grow and get better. So now I've solidified down to exactly in the beginning what I was sort of groping to understand what it was that I was looking for, and now I know precisely. Okay. There's three characteristics I look for anybody I'm that writing wants these to down. work for Quest. All right, I'm ready. Number one, you've okay. got to have ambition, grand ambition, because you've got to be able to fully get behind and embody that we as a company own, that to end metabolic disease, that's our problem to solve. Mm. Like that's us. We carry that weight. Nobody else. While I hope that millions of people rise up next to us and help us execute on that, that's our problem to solve. Okay. So got to have that grand ambition. Second, you've got to have the drive. So it's, it's not enough to want it. It's not enough to believe in it. You've got to actually be prepared to take the concrete steps to gain the skills that you need to become the person that you need to be in order to actually help us get there. Because in my life, I've learned one immutable truth, the place that I'm at at any point in life is a reflection of the skill sets I currently have. Mm. And that if I want to get to somewhere new, there's a gap between me and the person I need to be. So now I have to identify what those skills are that are separating me from that next part of the goal. And now I have to just relentlessly go and acquire those skills. So you've got to have the drive to do that. And then those two skills are easy to find in combination. But they're usually attached to someone who is hyper competitive. Mm. Now, I find that people that are hyper competitive, it tends to spill over into the, you know, Michael Jordan punched, I think, three people on his own team. Hmm. There's no denying that the man was astonishingly good at what he did. But if you read 11 Rings by Phil Jackson, he talks about to really take this team to the championship level. Jordan had to learn to work with other people. And that brings me to the third and most important thing that I look for in people, and that's compassion. When you get those three things in combination, ambition, drive, and compassion, people that want their team to win, they want to see other people within the organization do well. They want to set people up for success. They want the consumer to be happy. Like They're not faking it to make money. That's just how they are. They want that stuff for people.
0: So to clarify, it was ambition and drive, which typically you're going to find with someone who has a lot of hyper-competitive characteristics as well, but that's not something you're looking for. You're looking for that unique individual that has ambition, drive, and compassion. Is that accurate?
1: 100%. Wow.
0: Okay. And so how do you you hear um, compassion in an interview?
1: It's to me... Getting to truth in the interview is all that matters so i don't i don 't look at resumes so i 've interviewed a thousand people i 've never looked at a single resume um, mm. as such we've hired um, convicted um, <laughs> gang members oh, uh, former drug dealers like I mean, we've got people that society would tell you they're bad people, but I sat across the table from them and we got to truth and they just circumstances led them to the situation that they're in and as a company we had to get good at determining who is at this point in their life in a bad spot but is capable of truly achieving something great and then who's just a bad person Mm. so and that was one thing that we focused on a lot so we don't discriminate um based on that and one of the most truly transformative human beings within this company a guy by the name of Alex, um, I, I wrote about him in, in one of my Instagram posts, has just he struggled in life. I mean, literally held his father while he bled to death from a gunshot wound to the head. So talking to him, we've got and, and watching his ascension within the company, he started as a minimum wage minimum wage line worker, now makes over six figures. Um, another kid who had never owned a computer before, was a minimum wage line worker. His sister was shot to death in the heart with an AK-47, died on his front lawn, and he's now a part of our tech team and is learning technology and is just this, he's so hungry for knowledge and is so beautiful to watch. And it's just, when people hear these stories and they see these people in real time transforming who they are as a person, it's absolutely amazing. So in the interviews, I'm trying to get to that truth, right? So I'm asking very unconventional questions. It's always different depending on who the person is. There's no standard set of answers that mm-hmm. you can ask them. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really only one question that I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. And this is the most vanilla of questions. And I only ask it at the end once I've sort of begun to understand the things that really motivate them. Um, and that is, if you had five job offers in front of you, what criteria would you use to pick? Mm. So, And then if it's um, money... Uh, it's distance from where I live. It's like uh, work-life balance, which I'm actually curious to see how you react to this. Mm-hmm. If you say work-life balance to me, I'm like, okay, you're going to hate it here. Mm-hmm. Not because I want people to work around the clock because I want people to choose a job that they love so much. They're just fully engaged. Right. People that say like when that's the first thing they say. I just feel bad because I'm like, you haven't yet realized that you can make the demand that you love what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. Like, love it. Not, hey, for a job, it's all right. But truly, it has your heart and soul. You're committed to it. When it's servicing your goals, and this is what I tell people, you should be here for the exact number of days that it is the most selfish thing that you could do.
0: (laughs) That's great. I love that. And I think that's fantastic.
1: The day that we're not moving you towards your individualized goals Like, don't let me rob that time from you. You've got so little time. Do the thing that sets you on fire.
0: What does Quest do that's, you know, I think most people would find unconventional, but that really um, gets people to feel like they are part of something special?
1: So, here's when people hear me say this one, this is definitely where um, people are like, do you understand what you're actually saying? So, going back to um, in an interview, I usually start an interview, and this actually is fairly universal. Uh, by saying the following my goal in this interview is to answer one question and one question only when you're at your most selfish are you good for me and when i'm at my most selfish am i good for you Mm -hmm. but to know the answer to that question i have to know what your deepest passion in life is Mm. so then as people begin and they always give you some bs answer it usually starts with i want to be happy okay cool but what makes (laughs) you happy you know what i mean so you sort of chase them down and then it's like well it's my family that makes me happy awesome i can't help you Every second that you and I are connecting and doing something great together, I've pulled you away, at least in time, mm. from your family. Mm-hmm. So if what you really want to do is be with your family, you know, there's a whole other way to set your life up to make that come true. Right. So anyway, I tell people, I so want this to be an amazing gift for you to be here at Quest, that this is the best thing that ever happened to you, that you look back on your time at Quest and say, that was a turning point in my life. Mm. But that implies that you've left. Yeah. Now the reason that I frame it like that is because I I've made a promise to my employees, and by the way, I have been a pallbearer at an employee's funeral. That makes mm-hmm. it really clear the obligation that you have to this family of people who have mm-hmm. given their work lives mm-hmm. to you. Like, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you, wow. You,
1: got, you have to take that very very seriously. So I don't want people here that are tied with golden handcuffs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want people that are here because they. Believe in the mission, that this company is moving them towards their own secret hopes and dreams somehow, some way, that this is right where they need to be. We're empowering them. And if they stay, and if every day they're getting more empowered and they stay, that's amazing. But I want them to know, I'm sincere that my goal is to empower you. It's not to keep you forever. Mm. So if you're empowered, and let's say the ultimate test of this is, what if one of my employees is like, awesome, I want to be an entrepreneur. Will you teach me? Of course I'll teach you. It'll empower you. Great, I want to start a nutrition company. Will you teach me? Yes, of course I'll teach you because my goal is to bring value to people's lives. It's to save my mom and my sister. If, if you're going right. to help me do that, like I would be lying if I didn't help you. Then it's really just about the dollars. So right, of course, right. I will. T- and we've actually had people go and start competing companies. Wow. So, and I that is so beautiful to me. Like when you live... Like that. And look, don't get me wrong. I want to win. I still want to beat them. I want to outperform at the highest level. So, compassion is just loving it when other people succeed. It isn't accepting a back seat, it isn't saying, I don't strive for things. Man, I'm going hard for this cake. I'm here to win. But I want to win where everybody's having a great time. Everybody can believe in the mission. Everybody understands what we're really fighting for at the end of the day. And well, it's give some me some co-
0: concrete. Like, give me some like, okay, I, I work at Quest, and I can tell you that here's one of the things that this company does. That I've, I've never worked for anyone who does this, and it's, it's pretty cool.
1: Um, I'll, I'll give you a, a simple one. We have a show called Inside Quest, which you guys can find at InsideQuest.com. I actually think that your audience would groove on it. It is
0: fantastic, FYI. It is phenomenal.
1: Thank you. I'll put a link
0: to it in the show notes as well.
1: That would be amazing. So it was a show. We wanted people to understand the culture of Quest, which is a culture of empowerment so that, and look, it's the most selfish thing I could do, right? The most selfish thing I can do is empower people, create such an awesome community here within the company that they don't want to leave because they've never felt better in a job. They've never been given an opportunity to learn and grow. So when we filmed the show, Anybody within the company that wants to attend, on payroll, on company time, they can come down, sit and watch, ask questions. We bring on incredible guests, uh, which we'll have to get you on the show. That would be a lot of fun. Sure. Um, and they get a chance to listen to them, to be inspired by them, hopefully motivated to real action by them. And then they get to ask like, every question that they've ever wanted. Um, and we never talk about the company. We don't talk about the food. It is purely talking about empowering these people as humans with individual hopes and dreams and just believing that if that's the environment that we create, Mm -hmm. the food products that we make, they're going to take care of themselves, right? The bars, the chips, the powders, those are going to move because people believe in what the brand stands for and the products are metabolically advantageous. Wow.
0: That's fantastic. I love that. Do you know what percentage of your consumers are female or male? The demographic.
1: We do. And it, this is something that we didn't necessarily see coming in the beginning, but we skew probably about 70% female. Mm-hmm.
0: And has that changed your marketing since you've figured that out?
1: It hasn't. So for us, it, you know, I think some of the skew is just that's who controls the buying dollars. So who's rolling into the store and picking this stuff up. A lot of times it's the female. Um, and in the beginning, we had one simple goal. So there's chains and veins marketing, right? Big, buff, burly guys draped in chains, lifting heavy, Mm -hmm. eat this protein powder and you're going to get big like that. And I thought, that's not the solution, right? Because I'm looking at solving a problem. My problem is we've got this global pandemic, it's metabolic disease. We'll shorthand it to obesity just for simplicity so people can get a real visual. But it's also heart disease, it's Alzheimer's, it's possibly cancer. I mean, some, just the nastiest stuff that we face as a society is almost certainly all tied to what you eat. So I can't go out and tell people, eat less, exercise more. That works for people like you, right? I mean, geez, look at what you've accomplished. Absolutely breathtaking. But most people aren't prepared to do that. That's just not how they want to live their life. So thinking about my own family... I was like, that's not going to be the solution. The solution is going to be to recognize that people eat for pleasure, mm-hmm. not for sustenance. Mm-hmm. They want to celebrate with food. They, they did something great. They want to be rewarded with food. They want to go bond with their friends. They want to do it over food. You know, there's a reason the holidays all center around friends, family, and food. It's like, it's that thing that sits at the center of our lives. And it really is when the food is made well, it's a beautiful relationship. When the food is made poorly, it becomes abusive because it's literally toxic to your body.
0: Has there been a product that you've created that you, um, you know, it it was just a flop from the beginning and you have to chalk it up to failure or at least an experience to learn from?
1: Oh, definitely. First of all, there's many, literally dozens of products that never see the light of day. We've got a massive R&D team (laughs) um, that works just constantly, it's, it really is breathtaking to see these guys and how passionate they are. Um, but 90 or more percent of what they create is, is a failure. and Flop, flop, flop.
0: How about uh, a surprise hit where you're like, we did not anticipate this being so popular?
1: I thought cookie dough would do well. I never thought that it would be <laughs> almost two times the flavor that's in position number two. So cookie doughs are number one. Um, And then the gap between cookie dough and cookies and cream is almost 2x. It's crazy. Wow. Wait, so cookies and cream is number two? Number two, and it's getting whooped by cookie dough.
0: Where is uh, my favorite, which is coconut?
1: Yeah, coconut, that, that's a little lower on the list. Wow. So I think coconut, coconut varies somewhere around eight or nine.
0: We go through truckloads over here. Everybody in my family, we fight over the coconut. But is yeah. there thoughts to expand beside, for Quest outside of consumables?
1: Yeah, that's, that actually is something that, you know, so we're a company built to last. We're not going to sell the company. We've already had offers over a billion dollars. And that's a blah, <laughs> not, not an offer I ever thought I would see, by the way, as an up-and-coming entrepreneur. Uh, so, you know, that that's just not what we're in this for. We're in it to end metabolic disease. We believe we're the right stewards for the business. You know, we want to keep moving forward um, and just see how far we can take this thing. But one of the things is on our long-term horizon, absolutely, we, we're already putting together um, uh, a food truck, which I think is going to be amazing. No We've, way. That's absolutely, cool. Absolutely. We flirted with the idea of, you know, some cafes and what we code named the Questaurant, um, <laughs> to, you know, to really let people have that amazing dining out experience, but one where you can completely control your macros.
0: Wow, that's awesome! I need that food truck to drive by like right now. Personal question to you. Yeah. Because I know how important it is, you know, the people, right? And and you even talked about how some of the things you mentioned about the people who you love in your company, you know, stories about their lives that to me, that's, that's really interesting because I think there are people who work in organizations and nobody knows their story. Like they don't know their heart. They don't know what happened to them. They don't know what gives them that drive. And to me that, you know, those stories and that's what make those people stand out perhaps like that's fascinating. So that tells me that, This role for you in the company is really like the reason you've got to be in on those 1,000 interviews is because you know it's the people. It's not the resume. It's not the skills. It's the people. So how often do you have to factor that in when you're looking at partnerships and relationships and how do you handle that? It's business.
1: Yeah, for for me, um, I just have a hard and fast rule. I don't do things anymore that I'm not going to enjoy. So mm-hmm. I believe that the human animal can gain any skill that it wants. So I've spent the last uh, at this point more than fifteen years learning to uh, assess people, and so I'm. I mean, I read every book I can get my hands on about you know spotting lies and. <laughs> Facial structure and correlations, which I, I won't terrify people on the show, but learning to um, look at people, learning to get to know who they are very, very quickly, understand the person they are versus the person they're trying to present to you. Mm-hmm. And then at all times having an open mind so that you may be looking at a guy and think he's a thug, but inside is a beautiful human being that wants to do something amazing. And they just need somebody to have the courage to give them that chance to to go for it. And then be willing to, you know, like you said, it's a business being willing to say this isn't working. So I had hoped that we would be that thing for you that would open a door and you'd be able to grow and develop, but it's not working.
0: So from time to time, I'll have these opportunities, right, presented to me. And I'm like, guy, this looks this looks amazing. This looks phenomenal. And I should be saying yes to this. But this person, I just, not just my intuition, like everything is telling me it's not a great person. They're not who they say they are. And I, I can't show you anything. I can say this to my partners. I can't show you anything. It's just a feeling I have. And so I don't want to do this. Do you have the ability to do that?
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I'll say this. I have a high percentage of accuracy. I'm not flawless and make mistakes all the time. Mm -hmm. But I've learned to trust that instinct. When I have that feeling, I don't do it.
0: Okay. That's good to know. It's affirming. I want to finish with one last question I think everyone will be able to relate to. And it's this. You mentioned, Tom, in the beginning, You know, even to the surprise of your own mother, you just had this sense, this feeling that there was something more there and you weren't sure exactly what it was. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, that feeling like there's something more, but I don't even know what it is or what to do. And so here I sit, here I stay. What advice do you have for people who have that feeling and it keeps getting louder or stronger, but they don't know which direction to move in because they don't know what it is?
1: Yeah. So until you can define for yourself very specifically where you're trying to go you're in trouble. You know, Tony Robbins says, if you don't know where you want to be in five years, you're already there. So <laughs> lack, of, lack of clarity is like death knell number one. Death knell number two, if you haven't read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, once you adopt a growth mindset, that will suddenly give you the courage to realize I actually can be honest about what I want and I can plot it on a map.
0: I love those two steps. So lifers, write those down. I try to come up with something from every episode that's actionable for anyone, no matter your circumstance, whether you're an entrepreneur or fresh out of college, stay-at-home mom. Adopting clarity, clarity where you want to go. And so that means pen to paper. That means really thinking about what do you want to feel? What do you want? Not just what do you want to have? What do you want to feel? What What is that destination, having clarity? And then number two is that adopting that mindset of growth. This has been a very enlightening. I could keep you on for about three hours, but I know you've got work to do and people to take care of. And I just thank you for sharing so freely with um, your spirit. And it's so much more than than a a bar. It's so much more than just a company. It, It really is about a culture. It's putting people first. And it's been an honor to spend this time with you. So thank you so much. And where can people find out more about you specifically, Tom? And then of course, Quest.
1: Um, Well, first, let me say that uh, I'm so honored that you had me on the show. I think your show is amazing. This is so cool that we got a chance to spend some time together. Uh, They can find Quest Nutrition at questnutrition.com. Really straightforward. We've got links to all the cool, yummy food that we have from protein potato chips to Obviously, the protein bars and our protein shakes, which are amazing for people that are just stepping out of a gym. Or if you want to cook with them, replace flour with them, make a, it taste like a real milkshake. These things yeah. are freaky. Uh, and their macronutrient profile is flawless. And then we also have InsideQuest, uh, which you can find at InsideQuest.com or on YouTube. Uh, and that's an interview show where I bring on um, people like you that, that think big, that dream big, that know how to execute um, and, and they come and share their knowledge.
0: Tom, thank you so much for being a guest today.
1: My pleasure.
0: Fascinating stuff. I love hearing from fellow entrepreneurs who, who really get to the heart of things. Like it's about people, man. I, that was my takeaway from the interview. Just how important it is to have somebody, one key member. If that's not you, if, if this just isn't in your natural makeup, there needs to be somebody at the top who has this gift, this, this serious and genuine interest in people, making it about people first. It's a common thread when I talk to people who are incredibly successful regardless of the industry. Now, don't forget, Tomorrow, tomorrow, you know your homework assignment, right? We've got to talk about what happened this week in cybersecurity, the hack on LastPass, what you need to do to protect yourself. Should you be using a software program that manages and houses and creates encrypted information for all of your passwords? How do we protect ourselves? In tomorrow's episode, I'm going to talk to you about specifically how to protect yourself with email, what to do if you have an email provider that you don't trust what to do about your phone, how to make sure that your phone is safe, and so much more. Do not miss that episode. We're not done talking about this stuff. It's changing by the hour, and we need to stay ahead of it. Because, bottom line, these people are smart, and it's a sport. It's a fast-growing online game to hack into our information, and I don't want you to be a victim. Please let me know what you thought about this episode. Leave me a speak pipe. You can do that by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash ask. this episode has been sponsored by courageousconfidenceclub.com it's a club that i've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and and just standing up for themselves being yourself and feeling good about it all of us could benefit from having more confidence I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to chalenejohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337. And that is for U.S. residents then just send me the word confidence and I will send you access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear. And we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you want to be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to ShaleenJohnson.com forward slash confidence tips.